0: Hey family, if you are new here and listening to older episodes, we've made some changes.
1: We rebranded and changed the name of the Abundant Living Podcast to Wealth and Wisdom Together with Weslia and Willa. You're in the right place and we're glad you're listening, so enjoy this episode.
2: I need to heal your heart. You're heartbroken. You are walking around in brokenheartedness and you think that being booked and busy is a badge of honor, but it's really just a Band-Aid you're covering because you don't want to sit down.
1: There's an underlying foundation for success that aligns with hard work, and this develops your work habits and your work ethic. But have you ever stopped to identify what drives work ethic, to morph into hustle and grind, burnout, or even breakdown? Today, we're talking with Lindsay Ray Perry about the journey from hustling and grinding to being the CEO of your life.
0: Welcome to the Abundant Living Podcast, We are your hosts, Wesley Eccles and Willa Williams, co-founders of Trinity Financial Coaching. Every week we have conversations that focus on stewardship principles to help you manage your money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally with ease. We do this while embracing the abundance of God. If you want to connect with the Christian community of professional women that are journeying through a purposeful blueprint that balances living a fulfilled life while building wealth for your future, you're in the right place. We invite you to subscribe, rate, review, and share the Abundant Living Podcast with your friends and family.
1: We are so glad to introduce you to Lindsay Ray Perry, who is an award-winning CEO, serial entrepreneur, with over a decade of experience in strategic marketing, messaging, and cloud business consulting, and is mastering the art of building multiple businesses holistically without compromising her values, worth, and integrity. Partnering with multiple global brands such as Google, AT&T, HubSpot, RingCentral, just to name a few. This isn't how her journey began. At one point, the pressures of being a black woman, entrepreneur in corporate America, plus high functioning anxiety were driving Lindsay's personal life and career into the ground. The combination of depression, anxiety and deep rooted sense of unworthiness and the constant hustle and grind lifestyle led to a nervous breakdown that landed Lindsay in the hospital. It was in this darkness that she remembered her true purpose. To be a pioneer in helping women leaders to heal our stories of unworthiness while building sustainable lives and business without compromise. Her God First philosophy and strategic expertise as the CEO of LRP Agency is a vessel for transformational consulting and mentorship for women entrepreneurs and corporate leaders as she guides them to find freedom in building a sustainable life and business
0: welcome to the abundant living podcast today we have a very special guest lindsay ray perry and our conversation today will be about a subject that sometimes slips up on us you know especially for me often we think that our lives and our value in who we are is identified by our work habits and our work ethics so to be a better person we work harder then harder, Mm -hmm. then harder to prove our self-worth. I guess we're trying to prove it to ourselves. I don't know. Maybe to somebody else. But this mindset has caused problems for so many of us. Of course, we want to be looked at positively when it comes to our work product. But that work product should not define who we are as a person. By that, I mean, we should not have to almost wear ourselves down to look good at work. When we do this, we're seeking validation and approval from other people and not from our source. Our source is God. When we look at our faith focus today, the word tells us in Colossians 3, 22 to 24. This passage was special to me because it really spoke to our work ethic. It says in the NIV version, it says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it, not only when their eyes are on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. That's the important part. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward it is the Lord Christ you are serving that's what we have to keep in mind in the forefront of our mind that it is the Lord Christ we are serving our validation our approval comes from him and when we try to impress others through our work or just get so bound up and tied up with our responsibilities at work it can sometimes cause us to be burnt out, mm-hmm. weary, and very unhappy. So we're going to talk about that today. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes, I am so glad. That is one of my favorite scriptures. And it reminds yeah. me also that, you know, our promotions don't come from the north, south, the east, or the west. It comes from, they the, come Lord. from the Lord. They come yeah. from the Lord. But in that, we all know that there are cultural, societal psychological, and financial triggers Mm -hmm. that morph work ethic into what is known as work martyrdom or workaholism, causing burnout for people, but especially for women. So I'm just going to start real briefly, Lindsay, before we ask you a question. I just want to give three definitions just so that we are all on the same page. So work ethic, the principle that hard work is intrinsically virtuous or worthy of reward. I think we can all agree with that. Persons with good work ethic take great pride in the work that they do, but they also actively engage in friendships, hobbies, exercise and other things. Once that eight hour workday is completed, work martyrdom is an affliction which you cannot stop sacrificing your own best interests for the needs of others at the company. The work martyr is similar to a workaholic, but the work martyr is someone who wears that busyness as a badge of honor. Work martyrs are always putting the job first, even when it means shelving their own vacations, mental health, and career priorities. And then the third, workaholism. It stems from the desire to fulfill Basic psychological needs, such as a need for competence. Workaholics may devote excessive time and mental energy to work in an effort to feel competent, particularly if they don't feel competent in other areas of their lives. There can be other deeper issues to address too, though. And workaholics and those around them, as well as work martyrdom, may be reliving patterns from their past or using work as a way to ease or ignore emotional issues and trauma. When I look at all of that, and I think of my pattern and how I've worked and how I have evolved as an, from worker and now to an entrepreneur, I still see patterns of both of those in my life. So, Lindsay, when you hear these definitions, how would you describe, you know, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: first of all this is such uh, this is such an anointed conversation amen it really is and because it is so deeply ingrained in the work that i do and who i am as a person and why i am here today ladies (laughs) I don't know I was addicted to achievement and it's so funny because like I want to say two weeks ago my mom sent me this picture I had like this big meeting coming up you know and I sent over a proposal and I think my mom she may not be one of many words but she'll send me like messages of pictures to inspire me yeah and she sent me a picture (laughs) of me being six years old and I was holding up this excellent and achievement award And I had a mixed feel. I was like, oh, look at me. (laughs) But then I thought about it and I said, wow. First of all, thank you, God, for brilliance. Thank you, God, for instilling in me divine intelligence that is not of myself, right, to present myself as smart to the world for his glory. Mm -hmm. However, I saw this little girl who knew that with that excellent of achievement award, if I kept getting it somebody would eventually see me right Mm. didn't know it then
0: wow Wow. but I
2: saw it now as you know 33 going on 34 looking back at this young girl I didn't know that that's the path that she was on she didn't know that that's the path that she was on so I had this moment of you know big Lindsay with little Lindsay saying I see you Mm -hmm. with or without that achievement in your hand, I see you. So when you talk about work ethic, work martyrdom and workaholism, I probably went through all three of those phases and I have to still check myself to see where I align in that because it's ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. Not just ingrained in me as you know having dealt with issues, which I'll get into that in a minute, but it's also ingrained in me as a a black woman, right? Absolutely, it's ingrained in all of us. Yes, it's ingrained in all of these, all of Black women and, and and those who have African-American ancestry where our lineage is full of toil, our lineage is Absolutely. full of hard work. And that psychological and generational pattern and stronghold is extremely difficult to break. Mm-hmm. But then culturally and societally, we have, you know, mm, politicize the idea that those who don't have money don't work hard, right? And those who do are extremely hard workers, which has warped yes. our minds into believing that hard work equals success and financial abundance, which is not true. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. I'm yes. so glad
1: you said that. That and, yes. and and that's why we led with that even in the preview. When mm-hmm. we said that, you know, hard work is synonymous to success, but to what extent?
2: Yeah. Yes. And what does success mean to you? And right. what is work, right? What is work? Because that's the that's another thing that I want to get into. I'll start a little bit about I was ready. Of, <laughs> y'all ready. I'm, this I live off of this conversation because I grew up with such dynamic women and I saw them work themselves to the bone. My mother was one of nine. She had, oh, my God, oh, please don't mess this up. It was six girls, three (laughs) men. There's two of them left, including my mom. And so... Exactly. I saw my grandmother. She worked very hard, had nine children, and added on to that, walked to work every single day to work as a domestic, walked back to work having to take care of children, right? I saw my mother work 34 years as a bus driver. I saw my aunts work as bakers and domestics, and I saw others take care of everyone's children. And I did not see at the end of their lives, some of them, most of them died prematurely. I saw hard work no fulfillment. I did not see the financial abundance. Mm -hmm. And I said, somebody is lying somewhere. Something is not right. So as a young girl, I was addicted to achievement, like I said, and I didn't know it was an addiction to achievement. And when I say that to some of my clients, they're like, no, I'm not addicted to, you know, because that word addict is like, no, I'm no addict, but I'm like, okay, well, you have a strong affinity, right? To continuously achieve Mm -hmm. for some reason, right? So if I take that away from you, how does it make you feel? If it's attached to your emotion and you can't stop doing it, that means that you're driven slash AKA addicted, right? You can't stop. So I was addicted to achievement and I got, you know, straight A student, excellent of achievement awards, started going to, you know, I started going to college when I was 13 years old. By the time I got to actual college, I was burnt out, but I literally, honestly, ladies, I'm telling you the truth. um, And I didn't recognize, I started looking at my life, kind of like, girl, that's all I kept wanting the next thing. What's the next thing? How can I achieve? And all of this, I got to the... The end, or I got to my breakdown, my nervous breakdown, which is what I call a breakthrough. I was living in Washington, D.C. I was working Thank in God. politics, I was traveling. And Washington, D.C. is the, the first question anyone is going to ask you is what do you do? So everything was about what you do, not who you are. And you get lost in that. And I was at every networking event and I was traveling and I was producing, 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 producing events, but I didn't see the financial rewards. I was Mm -hmm. sacrificing all day was committed to some form of hustle, some form of grind. Mm -hmm. I was also married, but at the same time, my husband was grinding because that's the the beast that is Washington DC, the beast that is corporate America, right? It got to the point where, there were my my personal life and my professional life were on two opposite ends of the spectrum I was in the middle trying to balance it all trying to figure it all out lost who I was and it didn't get to the point where the one relate and I'm telling y'all this and this is probably exclusive maybe not but the one relationship in my life I thought that mattered the most was my relationship with God but God will break down all your idols the relationship that mattered to me the most, right my life life was my marriage but it also was my work. Mm-hmm. And so when God brought one down saying, "Okay, if you continue on this path, I'm going to take down the safety net." And my safety net was my husband whom I've been with for almost 18 years were high school sweethearts. Mm. And when that relationship started getting rocky and I, that I felt like the rug like literally was snatched underneath me, I recognized like, "Oh my God, all I've been doing is chasing whatever bag, whatever success whatever achievement what am I doing this for and I clapped literally I couldn't tell enough was enough I clapped in the middle of the street the ambulance had to come and get my my body I did not know who I was I did not know what my address was I lost myself for a moment and that was a nervous breakthrough because I had to fall on my face mm. and ask God, what is it that you require of me? Because I've been doing
1: all this for what? Wait, can I, can I put a pen? Go there? ahead. Go ahead. Cause you said glory. That was a glory. nervous breakthrough. You didn't yes. call it a nervous break. Yeah. Because no. I guess the breaking down was the
0: process that led you all the exactly. way to that point. Exactly. And to call it a breakthrough, mm. to call it a breakthrough, lets you know how you received it and how you move forward yes. in it. Glory. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Because I am a woman of faith.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: The the stigma of a breakdown. Mm. There's just this negative kind con- connotation of a breakdown because a nervous breakdown is a serious thing. I mean yeah. I, I'm not gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat Absolutely. that. It's a defining moment though. Mm-hmm. I think the mm-hmm. point of if you go from burnout, there are still things that are happening to you that are letting you know that a breakdown is coming and we ignore them. Yeah. And it's when you hit that ground. zero That breakdown is really like it's the reboot. Yeah. And that's why I, when you said I had my nervous breakthrough, that was just Mm -hmm. so profound to me because that it that should be the ground zero. Yeah, if you didn't catch the signs that were leading up to it, and God has to take you all the way to zero. Yeah, yes, that is definitely your breakthrough moment. Yeah, when you hit rock
2: bottom. And whatever your bottom is because everybody's bottom is different but when you hit rock bottom and you're like okay god what's next like i have nowhere else to go but up right and this is for women of faith I have God, I have nowhere else to go but up. Like, either I'm going to trust you or I'm not. Either I'm going to believe you are who you are or I'm not, right? And so you're going to have to show me because obviously I have not. I've been trying to live my life, take matters into my own hands and have my Ishmael and thought it was my promise, but it wasn't, right? And so let me know because what I do want is I want to be Happy. I want to be fulfilled. I want to live in joy. I also want to be living in financial abundance, not knowing it subconsciously. And this is what he showed me. Not only have I been running, right? I've been running from, I haven't been running to a vision because I didn't create one, right? I didn't have a, like I knew in my head I don't want to be successful, whatever that means. But in my mind, I really was like, I don't want to run myself into the ground. I don't want to be like every person I saw that just worked themselves to death and had nothing to show for it. So my vision and what I'm focused on is not being someone. Well... Little did I know that even if you don't write the vision and make it plain, if your focus is running from whatever it is you're running from, that's what you're running to. You're a hamster on a wheel because that's your only main focus. So it's it, that's why without a vision, my people perish. We have to create visions for our lives. So I hit, my, I hit the floor. I literally, I remember having my face on the ground and he showed me that. You need to revisit some patterns. I need to heal your heart. You're heartbroken. You are walking around in brokenheartedness and you think that being booked and busy, right, is a badge of honor, but it's really just a band-aid you're covering because you don't want to sit down. And and deal with it. You don't want to deal with the breaking of your heart Mm. and the patterns that generationally have caused poverty in your family, and your bloodline. So let me heal you. And it was a very benevolent experience. It was hard. It still is hard because I still, you know, there's a revelation that comes every single day and breaking through people act like I'm waiting for my breakthrough like the breakthrough moment is going to be this exhilarating it is hard to break through something when you think about breaking through like we're talking about breaking through something a stronghold or yeah. steel like it's like steel you're going to take your fist and really think you're going to break through some steel no it's hard and that breakthrough hurts and it's painful and there's a process of breaking it down and in the physical form or in our lives it's a matter of decision making it's a process of doing something you've never done before each and every time until you break through that thing right so this was new for me not doing anything and sitting still and allowing for God to heal my heart heal my issues with my father heal my issues with my mother because we gotta be honest a lot of us like to talk about daddy issues right as women and that's cool you know we got the father wounds but mother wounds are real too and we love our parents that's right we appreciate them for who they are in our lives and the fact that you know they were the vessels that brought us forth however mommy and daddy are human and we all got issues with both of them and And if we don't address them especially women I see this a lot with my clients we'd be like yeah I can Talk. If daddy was e- daddies are easy to like be like oh i got issues with daddy but it's not easy to 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 talk about the one who stayed and provided and had to carry the world on her back and her some of her trauma became your trauma we right. don't want to address that we but don't want to address that. right we
1: have to address it but then we also have to realize that we have we give them the dignity of of knowing that they raised us with the tools and the skill sets yes. that they have
0: yes so addressing, right. they appreciate they told, what, taught us
1: what they knew. Right. Yes. And so addressing yes. your trauma trigger or outcome from that and how it's affecting you good or bad, that's not tearing them down. It's, it's not just, tearing them down. It's just absolutely, absolutely recognizing that, okay. That's right. In and certain instances they it, can only get me to this point.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And that's with anybody because if we communicate it to them, we'll say your mama wanted you to be better. Exactly. You want me to be better. And so some of the things that are a little bit too much heavy of a load, right? Like that, that strong black woman and that hard working thing and got to be tough and all that. I can lay that burden down. Right. Yes. And in laying that burden down, I pray that you see me laying that burden down and you'd be like, you know what? Let me lay it down, too. Right. And they see that.
1: Because, again, like we said, that. Sometimes there are deeper issues that you have to address to even Mm -hmm. understand why you might, although you're succeeding, because Mm -hmm. our clients are high high achieving women who, and you know, and we work with them as financial coaches. So we work with them with creating a success strategy for money. But Mm. even in that, our overall goal is for them to manage their money confidently, live life purposefully and build wealth intentionally and your income is one of the key factors that's going to allow you to do it but if the way you get your income is driving you crazy and burning you out Mm -hmm. then you got to get to a point where you can understand that and on the flip side if you do choose to become an entrepreneur you would take those same tendencies and have it in your entrepreneur life and then you'll be like what you're saying doing 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 and not making any money and it's still like let's get to the root of what's driving it so that you are mm-hmm. balanced
0: and mm-hmm. understanding
1: what it is that you need to do in order to get to this place of financial abundance through your workplace. So, yeah. I said all that to say, would you make the connection between my what happened with your father? <laughs> you're addicted to achievement. <laughs> so,
2: when it came when it came to me running away from my father issues, my relationship with my father was extremely Complicated, mm-hmm. right? And so I was born out of what the world would call wedlock, supposedly an illegitimate child. So under, and I didn't find that out until I was twelve. And I tell the story if I go a little bit deeper. The way that I found out, you know, I missed the bus. I went across the street. My dad lived right across the street from the uh, school that I I went to, and I missed the bus, and 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 I had a friend with me, and. I said, well, my dad is over there. I never stepped foot in his house before, but I knew he lived there because, you know, my relationship with my dad is if I wanted to see him, I had to page him. If, you know, I wanted to go somewhere, I would go to work with him, right? He would take me to work. We would go all to these other places. But my relationship with my dad was based off of me having to do something in order to gain some form of intimacy, right? (laughs) And so I'm like, my dad is over there. Let's go across the street. Knock on the door. He opens the door. What are you doing here? What if so-and-so would answer the door? I had no idea what he was talking about and kind of said, I'll call you and shut the door. And so here I am, this 12 year old girl, like, what was that? You know, in shock. And I will never forget the beautiful woman who is now a woman who was my friend at the time. Her name was Dominique. She said, come on, Lindsay, let's go (laughs) and walked me home. And it took us about an hour to get there, maybe an hour and 30 minutes. I don't remember the entire time. I just remember the tear being stuck in my throat. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to cry until I get home. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And until I got home, that's when I belted out, you know, these tears. And I also told my mother when she got home from work, right, mom, this is what happened. And that's when she came out and basically said, you know, your father lied to me. And she told me the story of my conception and, and this skewed relationship that I had or this idea of me being an illegitimate child. And so me being the little girl that I am, I research everything. So I'm like, what is it? You know, what does this mean? And and illegitimacy means you have no authority on earth, you have no rights. And so from that moment, that tear that I said was stuck was stuck for a very long time wow. that wow. I immediately wow. began to attach my identity to something of unworthiness. I began to believe that I wasn't I had no authority on earth I had no rights I had no right to how people could treat me I developed extreme people pleasing I was whatever you need me to be I'll be for you Because who am I right I don't yeah. have not legitimate And that is a subconscious feeling over time Of you know the behaviors that you start acting out of And when you feel like you don't have any authority And you feel like you're unworthy You don't believe that you know Blessings and the desires of your heart and all of that, you don't believe in that. Like that doesn't mm. make sense. You gotta work for everything and even fight for everything and claw for everything. And even when you're doing that. You still don't believe you're worthy of it, right? So I'm going to go after, you know, what it is that I want. And I hope that my, whoever, you know, rejected me, right? Like that was my seed. That was my root. So whatever it is I'm going after, like, I want you to see me. I want you to affirm me. I want you to validate me because my identity for me in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit, I truly believe that I'm not worthy, right? Mm. I believe that I'm not worthy. And so in doing that. I reject every good thing that that God would necessarily have for me because I didn't believe I was worthy, even though I was going after, even though I was trying to achieve. What I was looking for was for an affirmation, for somebody Mm -hmm. to say, "Well, good," for somebody to say, "You are my my faithful son, my daughter. You are." That's what I was looking for, and so in running. That's when I got to D.C. and doing all of that work and going here and going there and traveling and doing events and being at every starting. I started my first business in 2014, Mm -hmm. didn't have any of this spiritual component of understanding i was rejecting myself then Mm -hmm. right so i was doing going to all the events and my first client was a presidential candidate but even in that i didn't feel like i was worthy i allowed for people to treat me like i was an employee and i was really Mm -hmm. owning my own Mm -hmm. business right i did not know who i was and so getting to that point where I had my nervous breakthrough and God had to tear down everything that I found safety in that was not in him, right? That was not in Christ and saying, this is what's been going on. I have this great, I have this great life for you. I have it all planned out. You're predestined. I called you, I chose you. But if you're going to get to it, I'm going to have to break some things down i have to cut some things out of you i'm gonna have to see Mm -hmm. that the root of rejection that you've been dealing with you have now become that rejector, rejecting Mm -hmm. yourself rejecting every good thing i have for you rejecting the money and the abundance and all of those things that i have for you because you don't believe you're worthy of it and you believe based off of my relationship with my father because You know, I love my dad. I was there when he took his last breath. We had a very beautiful, complicated human relationship. Right. But at the same time, the fact that I felt like in order to have some level of intimacy or affirmation, I had to do something in order to get it. That was the story of my life. Hmm. i literally thought i had to work 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 in order to receive some form of validation and that just wasn't the truth and it wasn't until god stripped me of everything and i and, and showed me i am your father i am abba father yeah i am your great and exceeding and great reward i mean he walked me through every the scriptures that i needed to walk through holy spirit say yes. i need you to study abraham go to genesis i need you to study um galatians mm-hmm. and galatians really spoke to me because when he says that you are no longer a slave but you are a son i had to understand okay well what does that mean because you can say god is your father and we say that right as women as believers mm-hmm. but a lot of people that doesn't mean a lot to those whose fathers either were absent or they had a complicated relationship right, yeah so right. when you say god is your father you like okay so you start believing that god is similar to the father that you exactly. have on earth and it's right. nothing like nothing that like so it. god had to walk me through this idea of like you you know your daddy i'm nothing like that one right i'm the one that you always wanted <laughs> right i'm the father that you always wanted so yes. write that out write that vision yeah. if you could write out a vision of saying who do you wish your dad was i'm that plus some Right. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what I, I walk some of my clients through. Like who am I who who is your perfect father? I'm that plus more. Love he it. had to walk me through that. And I walked down this path of understanding what it meant to be a daughter. Okay, God, what does this mean? And so he had me study, and I, I want to share with you, he had me study the story of Abraham. And what did Abraham do to get the to get the promise? He was promised Isaac. What did he have to do to get it? He had to have you faith know? and believe. He had to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had to believe. And when we don't believe and we don't trust God, we take matters into our own hands and we try to craft up and devise a plan.
1: Yeah, um, he did
2: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely did had, that. Yeah. Messed mm-hmm. it up. Exactly, but but God still blessed it though, right? Like there was still grace in that. Like Uh, even though we take matters into our own hands and we work, 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 God still blesses it, right? I look at that. I don't I don't take anything that I've been through in my life or any way that I represent it. You know, taking matters into my own hands because I'm human. But it's a signal of God's grace that even in all of that breaking me down, me losing half of my what I thought was losing my Mind, all of that brought me to a place where I was able to see that, okay, I need to forgive myself. I need to allow for God to truly be my father. I need to learn how to receive because I was praying. I don't want to live like this. And sometimes when we're praying, the this is how the steps, <laughs> that's how yes, it goes. Like yes. he answers us, but we don't realize it's a breakdown. You're going to have to let things go. You're going to have to yes, stop. You're going to yeah. have to sit still. You're going to have to like come to yourself. And that is a level of humility to be like, you're going to have to lose, you know, all of the gigs and all of the quote unquote relationships and the false sense of mm-hmm. identity You're going to have to lose that to gain him and realize that who are you? Like, who are you, Lindsay? Mm. You're not what you do. You are not all of these achievements. You are not this, you know, business. You are not these connections and these relationships. You are my child. And so the work that you really have to do is the internal work of figuring out your identity. Mm -hmm. And that work that you end up doing, right, the work of your being, the work that you end up doing is just an expression of his goodness and an expression of what he has anointed you to do. Not just what you're called to do, but what you're anointed to do, because it's the anointing that breaks yokes, right? Like we want to deliver and set free and transform people and let them see like there is a better way. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, Steel, kill, and, steal destroy, and destroy, but I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. What is that abundant life? That means that, God, I trust you. I need you. Uh, whatever is trying to steal my peace, whatever mm-hmm. is trying to steal my sense of self, whatever is trying to steal my identity. Oh, glory,
0: glory, glory. Right, my, I,
2: Identity. I literally thought that who I was had to be rooted in all of this success and claps. And no, none of that matters to me, right? Mm. None of the what Matt, what I do know is that you could take away every award, every achievement every client, all of that. I'm still rooted in Christ. Yes. You can you can Glory. evict me out of my home and I will not think that it's tied to my worthiness because I know that God has a better plan for me. Yeah. I know that he will never leave me nor forsake me because I am his child. He promised me that. That's the promise. So if he's always with me, his, it's his presence that I want, right? Mm-hmm. It's him that I want. Because if yes. I have him, I have everything. He'll supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yes, he will. These are the affirmations that he had to fill me with for me to understand what it truly meant to be a child of God. I'll take care of you. I got you. Yes. I'm your real father. Mm-hmm. You know, we all want to be daddy's little girl. Right. Right. <laughs> and so...
0: That was the intimacy, yeah, that you were seeking, yeah, from your father, yeah, God, our Father, yeah, gave yeah. you that intimacy, showed it to you, stripped away all that other stuff that was yeah. blocking it, yeah, and opened your eyes so that you could see yeah. and hear. Yeah. Oh, glory, girl, girl, <laughs> preach! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I love yeah.
1: it. I love yes. it because you cannot yeah. you cannot move forward unless you know who you are and whose you are because then mm-hmm. you'll ultimately end up being what everybody else wants you to be. And that's yeah. and you can't and you can't sustain that. So yeah. I love that foundationally, this is how you started on your journey of becoming the CEO of your life. It is. Yep. It is. It is that is the the foundation. And yes, I, I just is. It's just powerful because so many of us, though we have it, I think it just sits smaller. You know what I'm saying? Like we say it, mm-hmm. but what does that actually mean to intimately hold on to that and, and walk in it? It's all that you're saying, and it's a lot. It but right. it's it's a different weight than the weight of everything else that you were doing, trying to get the achievements, trying to, you know, it's the different weight—the weight of the Lord, or the weight of Christ. The yoke of Him is so much lighter. Yeah. And so it even is. so, even in in doing that and allowing and giving Him the room and the space to do that. But key thing, another thing that you said was sit still. I I get so tickled because when I see one of your social media posts. Now you're this award-winning CEO, uh, serial entrepreneur. You know. Just let me tell you, this woman posts about her rest. Okay, <laughs> she loves to show you a picture of her getting ready to take a nap. She yeah. loves to show you a picture of solitude, <laughs> and I love it because self care. Even in knowing who you are and knowing yeah. your identity, you also know yeah. that you cannot sustain the the path. Mm-hmm. That as grind. this as the CEO and yeah. the grind mm-hmm. if you don't stop mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have intentional time and space for him mm-hmm. and you are clear to remind everybody that there is no part of you as a CEO that doesn't include that, and I and again, like I said, there I just get is. so tickled knowing who you are, what you do, and you like I'm, ah. not, I'm not talking ah. about any apps, girl. I'm talking about this bubble bath, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: I'm about to go get me a massage on a Tuesday. Yes
1: exactly so continue to tell us more take us even further up in this journey of because i know you you have a method that you take your clients through to become you know the ceo of their life and business and i know the majority of your clients are people who are coming out of corporate to start their own that's that's, some okay things are changing oh you know because everybody doesn't want to be an entrepreneur some people just need to understand how to have this balance As they continue to go up the corporate ladder because that's the anointing that they have in their lives And so we don't ever want anyone to feel that the only way that you can have financial success is Is By being an an entrepreneur and that's not true You're gonna have financial success wherever you are anointed and wherever you are assigned Right order to work, but you cannot let these other things affect where you're going
2: You know, I was wired, I was anointed to be a a CEO. I was anointed for entrepreneurship. So I do have to like be very clear. The people that I'm talking to are those people that, you know, have an anointing on their life to handle many things at one time. Maybe you have a business and you're a mom and you're a wife and, you know, you worked your way up the corporate ladder. You you've been called to leadership of some sort. Yes. But yeah, I was, I was anointed for this and I make no mistake about it because I, I just don't like working for other people, and it's because I was wired this way. Mm-hmm. Like I have served, right? I've worked for other people. But when God said that time was up and I did all that work into the Lord, like Willis <laughs> said, and when that time was up, that time was up. And God would not let me go back to being an employee. Like I couldn't, yes. I probably apply, I tried to apply for a good 1, thousand, twelve hundred. <laughs> and he was like, no. Nope. I'm like, how is it that I'm getting rejected? Like everybody's saying no. I would, you right. know, going to an interview and they're like, oh, darling, you know, it's really hard owning your own business. You need to go. Like, you just need to go. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm, this is what I was called to. But once I had that nervous breakthrough, it was a series of years. Like it was about two or three years. I let go of the business, even though I tried to dip my toe in God was like, no, we're not (laughs) doing that. Like we're sitting still. I ended up getting pregnant in that time. Also I had, well, before I got pregnant with my son, I had two miscarriages. So that was a whole other thing of me trying to figure out, okay, God, what is this for? But I knew that there was really something that God had for me, like he really wanted me to get it. And he gave me this method called the I am quotient. And he had me, I need you to identify who you wanna be. I need you to align with that being. And then I'm gonna manifest my glory out of you. And I identified, okay, who are you, Lindsay? Number one, I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. I am a daughter of the most high God. I am a woman of God, right? What are my other values? Identify my core values. You know who it is that you are. Who is it that you want to be? I want to be, I know I'm a wife. I want to be a woman, an honorable wife. I want yes. to be an honorable mother. I want yes. to be a, a wonderful, honorable friend and daughter and, and, you know, an impact and woman of impact and a pillar to my community. Yes. I know that I was called to business. So I want to be a significant businesswoman, not a successful businesswoman, but a, a significant. Come and on. That, yeah, that significance is, okay, God, if my business went away, would you care, right? So whatever it is that I'm doing, it has to sustain. You're going to sustain it because you need it to be in the earth because it's making that level of an impact of transformation in other people's lives. Significant. So God, how do we get there? Alignment what are you listening to? What are you eating? Who are the people that you talk to? Who are the people that you have in your corner? What are the beliefs that you feel like? What are those core beliefs? What are the things that you speak to yourself? How are you showing up? And how do you change that? Are you in therapy? Let's go to therapy, Lindsay, get a therapist. Do you work out? Do you exercise? Let's Mm -hmm. make sure we get you on a plan and a regimen to honor that tempo, right? Affirmations like, what do you truly believe about yourself? Write out some things like and yeah. put it in front of you. Write the vision. Get clear. Be very specific about the things that you want in your life. What's your spiritual vision? Like, what do you see? What do you envision your relationship with me? God what do you re- envision your emotional what's your emotional vision what's your mm. mental vision right what's your life's vision what is the environmental vision that you have what kind of people do you want to be around or in your space do you have a vision for the fun that you want to have in your life do you have a vision for the career and the business what's the vision for that be very specific and break all that down into it does it align with your core values if it does not align with your core values then it's not something that you need to be doing and is the center of it, the core of it, is it an expression of you being my child? That is it right there. And so literally having diagrams of spiritual vision. Okay. I know I want to be obedient immediately. And that's sounds <laughs> so crazy, but it is true. Like I want, when I hear you, I want to, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And I want better intimacy, right? I want to spend more time with you. Um, my emotional vision. I want to be able to just battle the spirit of rejection and kill it and have it out of my life. That's a vision, right? Because I want to be able to receive from you. I want abundance in my life. Right. My financial goal is to literally be fulfilled, have enough, not just for me and my family, but have an overflow to be able to be an impact of good and a blessing in the world. That's that vision. Yes. And then yes. break it down and say, OK, how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that? So that is the type just continuously breaking that vision to a sustainable yes. method to the point where there are actionable steps that I know that I can do this. It may be something small saying being a consistent tither, right? Like I want to make sure I'm tithing. And eventually I want to be able to tie 30%, 40% of my income, because Mm -hmm. that's how much overflow I have, right? That's the vision. When you write the vision and make it plain, like you're giving God something to provide for, like we God is our provider. He Mm -hmm. is the provider of, or provision, right? In order to have provision, you have to have a vision so he can go and provide for it. So like, I had to learn what having a vision really, really meant. What do you want your marriage to look like, right? What's your day to day? Like I wake up in the morning, what do I want with my husband? What kind of relationship do I want with my son? What kind of relationship do I want with myself? Do I want quarterly vacations? Do I want to do monthly or weekly massages? Mm -hmm. And this is all, y'all. I wrote this vision having not probably 10 cents in my (laughs) name. (laughs) (laughs) I just was dreaming. Like, okay, God.
0: But that's it.
1: Yeah. You stated. You said it. There has to be vision for provision. Mm -hmm.
0: What am I funding? Yeah. You have to make it plain. You got to write it out. Make it plain. I mean, you mm-hmm. said, put the vision out there. Then mm-hmm. how are you going to do it? Yeah. And then go out there and do it and yeah. enjoy the abundance, the fruit of what God is playing for you. And
2: leave that open. Awesome. I leave it open for God to blood. Don't be so tied to the outcome of the vision, right? So it's like, mm. I know I want to be, you know, <laughs> I know I want to be, you know, a consistent tither, not just in my personal finances, but also in my business. Right. So then when when I'm doing that, 10 percent of nothing is nothing or 10 percent of a little bit is just a little bit like, oh, yeah, I can give, you know, 10 cents on a dollar. That's cool. But then when God started, starts to bless you and bless you and bless you. And then he opens up your business and you're giving away comma like, like, oh, my God, I didn't think that it's hard to release that but when you start to realize that you have this divine protection right it becomes an easier thing and and, and he's like okay now i need you to think about giving offerings and i need you to think about doing this and you like uh that wasn't a part of the vision he said yeah but it's a part of mine right Don't exactly. that it is he puts it he puts yeah. it in our hearts right mm-hmm. and leaving our business plans open, our financial goals, all of that, leave it open for his blessing, right? We can have ourselves tied to a number or an amount of the clients that we want, but God always has a a, a bigger dream. So as I walk you through this path, I wrote out this vision and it wasn't, I didn't, my husband was the the sole breadwinner of the family at the time. He was providing for the family and I didn't have my business, wasn't doing anything. I just was walking through this process of just letting God work on me. And it wasn't until I want to say 2018, when my son was born that I, you know, paused to be mommy, but I was still like, I got to go get it. I got. I don't want to lose (laughs) myself in the identity of being a mom and just a mom. So I got to go get it. And God was like, all right, let me sit you down again. Mm -hmm. So you'll understand that I'm working on you. Love on your son. Develop your like. Let me develop. You enjoy this time that you have getting to know this new person in your life and this new you. And then, when I want to say in 2019, my husband actually lost his job, but it was just a God move. Um, it was time for us to move out of DC. Obviously, the grace had given, had been, had run out of that place, and God was like, "I need to get you to a, a another place." And that's when He spoke in my journal. Three years prior to that, I wrote Charlotte, but I didn't really have any connection to Charlotte, but he told my husband, too, so we literally packed up our bags and our six-month-old baby, and we went to Charlotte, and God opened up the land for us. We didn't really know a lot of people, but he op- He had angels and, and strangers, right, in position to receive us and hold us until we got our own place, and, yes. you know, jobs started opening up, and then I yes. took over 100% of, you know, a business that I started with a partner a few years ago, but let it go because, you know, God was working on me mm-hmm. well this was the time I'm walking into the tech world not understanding like okay God I don't I, I'm an anomaly but but you're prepared for this let me walk with you yes in, in this thing and and so I have my son here with me then the pandemic hits and because we were in the pandemic in 2020 people needed our services yes. for the cloud solutions company that that I own so We went from zero to six figures in like a matter of like six months to a year. And it just grew exponentially. And I had to learn how to maintain that I am a child of God and that posture within the business. And I was in therapy at the time. So thank God. And I say if you can get a therapist, get a therapist with holy with the holy spirit right Right, absolutely they are working in tandem on that plan that you Mm -hmm. have with god to get you to wholeness right right. so what did she would ask me all the time what did abraham do to receive the blessing and that that word received and so working out a vision is saying what do you want your day-to-day to look like i may not want to work 10 12 however many hours a day okay god well that means i wake up in the morning and i say what will you have me do who am i talking to today what do you want me to say write it down what scriptures and guided not empty mind meditation i don't believe in that guided mm-hmm. meditation on his word. so i'm like okay god what would you have me scripture pops up that level of intimacy yes. i read that scripture it gives me the guidance that i need for the day what to worry about. I know that if I'm operating in my anointing and that's to transform another woman's life to get her to be ba- to be free from rejection and to receive Christ. But really I'm doing that in a way of helping her to understand like who she is and identity. Yes. As long as I do that thing every single day in some form of, of capacity. So Monday, it may look like I'm prepping it in an administrative <laughs> role. And on Tuesday, it may look like I'm doing a little tech or I may post something and on Wednesday that's my Sabbath so I'm not working I'm dedicating that day to God that means I'm going to get a massage I'm reading a book I'm taking a nap I'm playing with my family whatever that means and on Thursday I get back to it that means I may have podcast interviews where I'm talking or I'm telling my story I'm being vulnerable Mm -hmm. all of it is connected everything else God will say, "Okay, well, you may need to hire somebody now. You may need to, because I called you to be a CEO. So the obedience of being a CEO is recognizing that you're not supposed to be in all of the areas of your business. And I know I'm, right. not, I'm not going all over the place.
1: No, no, but no, no I like you, I like that wonderful. you said that because even so the, that same example for the business applies to the li- to your life. And yes. I know it applied to me, even being at home and doing all of these things. It was like no, I can have somebody clean my home yes. so that I can have more time to do what I need to do as a mother, to do, do whatever it is I need to do as a child, you know, that intimacy with you, the intimacy with my children. I can hire somebody. So there are things that I've hired personally, things that you can do. You can hire a driver. You can hire yes, can. A, a housekeeper. You can hire a chef.
0: If cooking is
1: taking too much time away from the thing that's going to make, keep you whole and wholesome so that you can continue to do the assignment that God has given you with the anointing that you need to have, then hire a chef, hire a housekeeper. There are so many people that you will bless. You will bless their businesses because they're anointed to do that and they're going to be sent by God to help you. So I love that you even said that even from the work perspective, it translates even personally
2: it's such a stronghold it's in particularly and with women and particularly with women of African descent in America. Right. Like, Mm we have a hard time letting go of doing all the things and then we think about our grandmothers and my grandmother probably turning in her grand knowing that i hired a housekeeper and i got this and you know it doesn't matter how much square footage you have the thing is if granny knew that that was available for her and she had the mindset she probably would have hired them too Like, you think granny really wanted to do all that? She may have put on a smile, but deep down inside, she was dying on the inside because everybody was pulling on granny. Everybody was pulling on her. Had she knew better, if she knew she would have done better, but you know better, you know that these resources are out there.
0: And God has, he has given you the ability and the capacity to be able to not only know they out there but to utilize the service and then you can go on and give your time to taking care of the thing that he called you to do that he has called you to
2: do and looking and then we get in our minds about money so we'd be like oh i feel like i'm but the money is the tool for
1: for a life (laughs) of purpose and meaning that's yes, right.
2: It's a, a life of purpose and meaning. It's yes. not for you to hold on to, to be selfish with yourself. So you don't live a fulfilling life. It's yeah. a tool for you to be able to go yeah. and do what God has called you to do. So if that's I know true. it's going to take me two to three hours to clean my home, I can use those two to three hours and either going out to lunch with my husband, coaching a client, whatever, right. While exactly. whoever comes to bless my home and clean it because that's what they were anointed to do. That's I'm right. To use what got the provision that God gave me. Yes. And guess what? He gives seed to the sower. So as long as I continuously sow, I sow it that's out. I'm gonna it. That's it. get the seed. That's a hard, that is a mind, that's a breakthrough that we have to get to, right? Like, yeah. are you worth the investment? Do you believe that you are worthy enough to live the life, the abundant life that God has called you to live, that he has anointed you to live? And if you believe that you are worthy of living in abundance, that you begin to see money as a tool to live in that abundance, to add to that abundance. You don't see it as just, all right, you better save and pinch these pennies and not live your life because that's not it. He called us to live in abundance. And when we do that, he's just like, oh, you trust me? Okay, here you go, baby. Here's, here's something over here. Here's more peace. Here's know. more hope. Here's more love. Here's more joy. Here's a client over here. So you can do that, that gift that I plan on inside. So you can utilize more of that because you continue to do it. It doesn't always come in the form of money, but we, we, money is the thing that we tangibly see. We all need it. We all need to use it. So we continue to,
1: so to see. Yes. I love it. (laughs) You are our sister girl. Listen. Yes. (laughs) I love this.
0: I loved our time. But when I I think about what you said and I just just think about he's providing everything we need. Yes. We are hiring people. We are blessing them out of the abundance. Yes. Out of the abundance that he's providing for us. And that helps to bless them. Yes. yes. But you know what? It is really a hard pill to swallow to say I'm going to call somebody to come do this for me. And if if it's my time to it's my chill time, I'm gonna chill. And exactly. don't feel bad about it. You know, exactly. don't feel bad about it. This this your conversation is just blessing me so much. Yeah. It is so much. It's it's so blessed to see where you came from, how you visualize it now, how you look back. It's a break through, not yes. down. You recognize that God had to come in and, and fix some things. Yeah,
2: completely, utterly destroy it and rebuild yeah. it. Yeah, talking restoration.
0: Yeah, <laughs> when, I, when, when I think about what you said at the beginning when you were talking about your family, the strong women in your family, black women. Yeah, we got these jobs. We work them. Whatever we have to do. Housekeeping, house cleaning, in and out of the house. Go do that. Come back. Take care of the husband. Take care of the food. Take care of the kids. All of that. We were ingrained in doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the core that God had to come in and say, oh, hold on. I I already got some destined for you. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to grind to get it. No, no. Euros, because to glory, grind glory.
2: anything, to grind anything is literally to it just out. pound it into nothing. Yeah. Yep yes so yeah. why would i want to grind i am not a hustler i don't be the people like you such i am yeah, i'm gonna go get this blessing that's right. right i'm not i am not hustling those days are over for me i'm not yeah not i love tired. it and i feel like every woman every black woman in america is tired you tired yes. somewhere it's i like, love I'm it God gonna wait, he's, gonna he's gonna take care of you take a nap and i know people look at me like this girl probably don't do no work i do work yes you the work clear. that i do the work that i get to do is an expression of what god has placed on the inside of me i'm not mm. doing anything extra i'm not gonna do his work because he got me i'm gonna give him what he gave to me I'm going to be obedient to what he gave to me. Everything else, that's in his court. He got it. it. That's it. I'm going to let that go because I don't don't want to die of heart disease. I don't want to die of a heart attack prematurely. I don't want to add dis-ease and chronic illness to my life because I couldn't sit down and sit with myself and heal. So
1: whatever it is that you need to do, God, do it. Oh, Lindsay, this has been such a great conversation. I know we could talk to you all day long. I know, I know. All day long. But I love, I love how you have taken us on not only your personal journey Mm -hmm. from burnout to breakthrough, Mm -hmm. but I love how your journey just encapsulates not only how we need to understand who we are and who we are so that we don't get caught up in having an identity crisis in the workplace. But we yeah. also don't get caught up having an identity crisis personally. I'm, yeah. all, I'm only a mom or I'm yeah. only a wife or right. I've got to be this. Someone asked me on an interview one time. She was like, do you think women can have it all? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. We can have it all. I think what hurts us is, is when we stri- strive to have it all at one time. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of yeah. hard to do that. But yeah. that's why you need to make the space so that you can sit with God and understand where he's going to take you. Align it with your being, know your core values and beliefs, as you said, and be clear about your business. Be clear about your vision so you can be a
0: significant businesswoman. Yes, Mm -hmm. I know that. That is just so beautiful. And The thing about the whole conversation is that you are non-apologetic about it at all yeah hey god god <laughs> god's got you mm-hmm. so you're gonna take your time you're gonna take your sabbath days you
2: better believe so it you can mind.
0: rest and you can rest and be positioned yep. for him to use you again tomorrow yep that's girl right. non-apologetic i love it yeah, i absolutely love it you know what uh, it's it's just so beautiful it's hard to end this conversation because there's so much fruit, so much value in what you have said and how you have said it and how you have shown us how we should live. As black women, entrepreneurs, married wives, you know, moms, we can have it all, but we have to have it all through God and what he wants us to do. And we gotta follow him, absolutely the wonderful people who are listening to us today and to you and who will gain value from this conversation. We just wanna remind everybody that our end goal is always for them to have financial transformation, financial sustainability, financial success, and fulfillment and wealth on their terms. And we know that that is gonna be with God's guidance. We've had a great time today, and we pray that what we shared in this episode will help you to manage your money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. Thank you all. We hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My TF Coach. Bye for now and continue to live abundantly, putting God first as you manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally.